Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop and we're with Comic Ariel Julie. Ariel Julie, how the hell are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on. We follow you everywhere. You are the Ariel Julie on Twitter and on Instagram. You are Ariel Ariel Julie Ariel Julie comedy with some underscores between it, and that's your Instagram account. And I see you just being hilarious. Uh, what are your shows coming up? I see. Uh, what do I see here on the Instagram account? You just got a bunch of shows all over the country. What's going on here? Globe trotting here. No, I mean, not really. Like I, Madison, I mean, Wisconsin. Oh my gosh. I know Indiana, <laughs> Wisconsin. Um, killing it. Um, I did a little bit of traveling in the fall. I did a couple of festivals, but yeah, I'm staying in the in the same like 300 mile radius for the next couple months. So, I mean, how does a Madison, Wisconsin um, audience differ from a Chicago one? Um, well, you know, that's, it depends. Cause like Chicago can be so many different audiences, you know, like you could yeah. in Chicago, you could be in like a, a woke room one minute and then travel <laughs> like five blocks down the street and be in like, you know, an older kind of more conservative crowd. Like it just depends. I would say that Madison seems like the audiences are a little younger. Or they seem like they're a little bit more, uh, you know, liberal and, and woke and cool. Unif- but... Yeah, uniformly woke. And I guess that kind of dovetails with one of the topics that I chose from your, I always have the guests choose some uh, topics to keep the episode distinct. And one of the topics I saw, hookup culture. I mean, it's interesting to me because I'm so damn, uh, I'm just kind of an introvert and I'm a weirdo like that. And so like the hookup culture thing is fucking bizarre to me. And so like, I want you to explain it to me and I want you to teach me kind of like, how do your different audiences react to that? So if you get a conservative audience, you know, are you talking about other things instead? Or is it, you know, even, even funnier to them? Cause it's, they reflectively laugh, laugh at things that are slightly uncomfortable to them maybe. Um, I think it depends on the audience and it also depends on how you present the material. Cause if you present it to like, like a younger, you know, woker audience and you're like, we all hook up all the time. Right. They're like, yeah, hell yeah. And then they're with you. But if you say something like that to like an older crowd, like we all hook up, they're like, what? But I hook up, I've hooked up with my family. wife, my my yeah, my, right. my yeah my cis het wife for the past fifty years. You know, they're like, "What are you talking about, person?" And so, yeah, how do you kind of uh, tailor it for them? Well, I kind of focus it more on me, and I just kind of say, like, you know, I do this. I've done a lot of this, and like, I do this really specific thing. Anybody, anybody with me? And if I get cricket. <laughs> I have like a funny thing to say. And if somebody is with me, like even one person, I'm like, yes, she gets it. You yes. guys are not cool. She's, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so kind of, yeah. What are some of the things that you can say about yourself that, you know, provide a litmus test for such an audience, you know, like sometimes you're getting crickets and sometimes you get one person in the audience and, you know, for woke crowds, you're getting the whole audience. Like what are some kind of particular things without burning material? Just kind of what, what little what little tiny culture of sex or hookup culture can you can you bring up here today that kind of uh, shed some light on your persona? Well, I talk about having a list of people. Yeah, see, I didn't list even of have people. To a list of people. <laughs> yeah, a list I, is like, funny. Like, see, like you're already laughing because yeah. you know what I'm talking about. 
You well, just a list. list yeah, a list. Well, no, a list is funny. You're right that a list is funny, but it, like, oh. it's not because I knew what you're talking about. I just think it's so different from, you know, how people approach the bedroom. Like, you know, taking the seriousness of a list into your bedroom is just funny. So is it a list of people or a list of things that you want to do? You know, like a no, bucket list, a list of sex. A list of people that okay. you've been with, you know, like, oh, okay. like a lot of people will like write down, you know, this person that like, like, it, it's like your list, like this is your list of your body count. But when I'm on the body count, yeah. Yeah. And all I'll say is like, how many of you have a list? I don't even have to finish the sentence. People already know what I'm talking about. Usually they're already laughing. And if they don't know, like, and so that's kind of the litmus right there. Like if they're already laughing and with me, then I know they're going to be with me for the rest of the joke. If they're not laughing yet and I have to explain it, it's still pretty funny because usually like one person in the audience will be like, I kind of do. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah. And then I just go back to talking about me. So I don't really like put anyone on the spot like that, especially if they don't want to be, but if they're with me, then they'll be with me. So tell me about the list, like not your particular list, but just um, as far as how I should view someone's list, you know, you know, someone you're thinking about getting with or whatever. And you're like, man, you know, I really, you know, because my list is so short, you know, I've taken myself out of the market for decades, man. I'm just so fucking weird. I'm a little OCD. I'm an introvert, like crazy. I can't believe people would just like hook up with strangers. Like, like back when I was a, a young person, like I, you know, I used to go nuts, but it's like when, when people were young their lists were so small, but now everybody's got such a history and I would never judge them or whatever, but how are we supposed to view our own lists and how are we supposed to view the lists of potential sexual partners? Like what's the appropriate perspective? What's the sex positive, healthy perspective to have on my list and other people's lists? The healthiest perspective to have is it doesn't fucking matter. It should not matter to you. If your partner's list is one person long or a hundred people long, it should not matter. Like I only have a list because I appreciated every partner that I had. And I just wanted to remember them in like a positive, like even in one small way. Cause it's like, if you're, <laughs> if you're like, this person around, was garbage, but man, they did this one little thing that makes me well, proud to have that person. No, I mean, not like sexual, but just like, like every person matter, you know, people are, are people like they all matter. Like every, you know, Nobody is insignificant. Even if I didn't know your last name, it doesn't mean you don't have one. You, you know, share, you shared an experience with that person. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how brief or how small, yeah, like, you know, it doesn't, a person is a person, no matter how small, you know what I'm saying? So like, it doesn't. So I just kind of wanted to sort of just record, like, these were the people that I had a brief encounter with in my life. The number of people on the list does not matter. The number of people on your list does not matter. It doesn't, certainly doesn't matter to me, you know? So I think that's the most positive way to look at it is that it doesn't matter at all. If you want to keep a little memory list, then that's for you, you know? But uh, so I guess that's the thing, like, it, do you think there's a difference between me who's very sensitive and very self-serious and, and things like that, although I'm talking to hilarious comedians all the time, and, and, and people with a sense of humor? Because I think sex, you know, strangers especially, would seem to require a little bit of a sense of humor. Do you agree? Yeah. Oh, totally. You have to be able to laugh at, like, an awkward moment or, like, an awkward noise or smell that yeah. comes out of you. Like, because if you if you can't treat... Like what is effectively a hysterical situation. Like <laughs> you and I are strangers, 
but like, there's something in my body that wants to be like, wants part of your body inside of my body. And like, we don't even know each other as people. I don't know anything about your life, but like, you've got like angle part and I want it in my inside part and like, (laughs) let's do that. And it's, it's going to be weird. And, and like, you don't know what I like and I don't know anything, you know, so you've got to, you've got to kind of roll with it and be like, look, this is what it is. Let's just like be in this, like, stop acting, you know, like I've definitely had partners that were like putting on this kind of guise of like, you know, it's like what I saw in the porno. It's like, it's not, it's not like that. So you don't have to. You don't have to be some like, you know, Rocco Sofredi or whatever. Like, you don't have to be that guy. You don't have to do that for me. Like, I went to theater school. I know what acting looks like. Like, you don't have to. <laughs> you can spot bad acting in real life when with, with your sexual partner. And I guess, I guess, I you know, from talking with me, I think the one thing you can learn is that sometimes it might not even be an act. Because I think so, sometimes you might run into somebody like me and you can tell me if you've done so before where, the person is just so rigid and sensitive and not open and comfortable and doesn't have, I can't laugh at, you know, like I'm not saying that, you know, I, I can't do this stuff, but, but I, I tend to think that the one of the reasons why I don't put myself in those situations is because I'm worried I can't laugh at myself when it comes to things like my body or whatever. And so have you ever encountered somebody who might not have been trying to kind of mimic a porn, but just somebody who was so self-conscious or self-serious or rigid or sensitive where they couldn't laugh at it. And that, that became somebody who you might not want as a repeat offender on your list. Um, definitely. Like one accountant comes to mind. Uh, <laughs> and no, I'm, in, like, I'm in law, so it's not that far off. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, I mean, for guys like, you first of all uh you gotta like part of being nice is like perspective taking and like you you have to kind of read the person that you're with and like you know kind of pick up on their cues so if somebody is giving you cues of like I am not comfortable or like (laughs) I've got a hurdle or there's something going on between the ears that's a little bit you know wonky like you kind of have to to take a step back and be like hey you know what can I do to make you more comfortable and like it can be as simple as just asking like because I know all these people are like well I can't just come out and say are you uncomfortable what can I do but like yeah. I don't know that's, that's but do you exactly do that? what I said that's so you exactly do that because because right. you're like yeah. I want to enjoy this moment your little yeah. hurdle in your head is kind of stopping you from enjoying this moment which is going to kill yeah. my enjoyment so let me say something yeah exactly so I I did say to him like hey is everything okay and is there anything I can do like we can stop we can take a beat you know we can just chat like it's it's fine you know that's hilarious but that you may require somebody like you though so I mean what if you know I just I think that some of these perfect strangers getting together don't always have one Ariel Julie in the mix who's going to speak up but they should though I I know sexual health counselor like I would have made a great sex psychologist well you still can and you're you're probably effectively doing so on stage i mean i guess that's one way you're doing it you're just kind of doing a service to every audience that you talk about this in front of maybe i okay that's a very humanitarian way of looking at my stand-up i thought i was talking about my pussy but that's (laughs) that also works you could use that as a pull pull quote on the website but i I love that the fact that you're like it's hysterical because our lizard brains have chosen each other even though we're strangers to kind of do this thing and so we really have to we're just kind of along for the ride 
of our sexual desires. So we should be able to kind of laugh at it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you summed it up way better than I did. <laughs> oh yeah. That was, and so I guess, you know, one of the topics that we were talking, you know, thinking about talking about, it kind of fits in perfectly, which is serial killers. And so how do we make sure Perfect. that there's not a serial killer in the mix when it comes to kind of hookup culture? Wait, what's your question about serial? Wait. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm saying let's mix the topics up and just like, right. how do you know that the person you're hooking up with is not oh, a serial killer? Oh, how do you know that they are a serial killer? I mean, that, you know. No, that they're not. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. How do you know that you're about to hook up with somebody who's not going to kill you? Um, You don't. I know. <laughs> That's part of the fun. It's what's <laughs> fun about it. I don't understand why nobody else feels this with me. Um, I mean, so yeah, like I, I think back on, you know, when I was really uh, going around and hooking up with a lot of people. And I was like, it is actually incredible that I was not brutally murdered or, or robbed, you know, like it is absolutely incredible that of all of like statistically something bad. I mean, I did get a stalker. I actually got two stalkers. So, so that, nice. that, yeah, yeah. Nice. Right. <laughs> That's how good I am. In you bed. stuck in there. You stuck in their brain. You stuck in their I brain. Did. Something about you, you know, stuck they in their lizard, lizard killer, killer brains. They were obsessed. No, I mean, like it took me forever to find love, but I was able to make men obsessed in a scary way. So it's not the same, but it's close. And do you think is, I mean, do you think that you, you kind of, you know, addicted these particular individuals um, for the same reason that you avoid serial killers, which is you actually look, look for signals throughout and that's what makes know. that, what makes you a good sexual partner, you know, and that's kind of I, what, what addicts them, but also, you know, preventing you from, you know, kind of hooking up with another Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. You know, well, first of all, Jeffrey was gay, so I'm not his type, but <laughs> um, I, I like to think that I would have been able to spot a violent offender, you know, prior to something violent happening, but like, I truly don't know. And I haven't seen anybody that I have hooked up with in the news or anything like that. Like I haven't seen a Dateline or a 2020 or a Netflix special about a guy. I'm like, oh my God, that's that guy. Like that. He, ho he hooked up with Ariel Julie I and know. she stuck in his brain. He went crazy. <laughs> that that has not happened yet or <laughs> yeah. at least that i know of and yeah. that's it's like you never know it's like maybe i did hook up with a zero color but maybe i was just like so bad in bed that he was like why bother you know like <laughs> i don't know but then you know did finding love you know did you know hooking up with a bunch of people did that kind of help you you know find love to kind of refine what you're looking for and what you're not looking for um it helped me realize what I when I had a good thing when it came along like I I hooked up with enough people to know what I liked and what I didn't but also what was important and what wasn't because stuff that was important to me when I was like 25 very different than what was important to me when I was 30 you okay. know so it's so it, it changed and I when somebody came along who uh who matched a lot of it aspects of my life and like sexually and romantically and all of that I was able to kind of be like oh this is what what something good feels like and looks like okay well with that change did your comedy change you know if, if the um, things you're looking for in love and a partner and things like that change from 25 to 30 do the things you think are worth talking about at stage or the things you find funny do those change between 25 and 30 um I wouldn't know I didn't start doing comedy until I was 29 Oh, did that have something to do with it? 
Like, we're, uh, you know, are you like, oh, no, I finally settled down and I know what I like in a romantic partner. But hey, I also think that some of this stuff is funny. Well, uh, yes and no. Like, so I, I started doing comedy right when I had gotten out of a really bad relationship. And then I, so, so there was, a, I, I, you know, and I never really talked about that relationship on stage and I still haven't because it's not funny to me. It's just like, <laughs> it's just a bummer. Yeah, some like, things are awful that you can't even talk about without kind of, yeah. you know, then you're reliving the experience night in, night out when you're trying the material well, out. I don't even mind reliving it. Like, it's just like, I haven't found an aspect. I, I guess there are a few kind of funny anecdotes, but I talk about my current relationship on stage all the time. Cause there's a lot of funny stuff in it. And so, and I think that's relatable and, and all of that. Um, but I, I still talk about when I was single and I still talk about people that I dated and people. Um, oh, she just retweeted me. Cool. Thanks. Um, sorry. Um, I'm retweeting all about- the, all the funny comedians that copy with comedy. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I still, I still talk about, you know, when I was single because I, I wasn't doing comedy when I was single so it's like I didn't get to do all of that I didn't get to talk about it on stage so I talk about it now in past tense you know what I mean yeah it's like uh what's his name with uh John Mulaney he's he's like he's like if I were a deaf jam jam comedian in the 80s I would have said this joke and I would have slaughtered alas I was not a comedian a deaf jam comedian in the 80s like so you need to talk about older stuff but like how are you making it current just by saying it happened the other day or are no, you trying I, to do it I, from the perspective of, oh, man, I used to hook up with everybody. Let me tell you some shit. Well, yeah. I mean, I say, like, when I was single, it was this. Like, I saw so much dick. Like, how much dick did you see? I saw so much dick. You know, and then you kind of, like, share a story. Like, I went out with this one guy who was a pro golfer. I went out with this guy who was a chef. I went, you know, or whatever. And you, like, you, you make it funny and you... You write, you have to write, you know, you have to have good writing to talk about actual experiences. I mean, and make do you the think audience yeah, like, so do you, do you think that like the audience, I mean, like, are you reading a reaction in the woke audiences or the sex positive audiences that is like, this is cathartic, like they're laughing with you. It's like, yeah, it's pro golfer and professional chef. They, they had bad dick, you know, meaning like people in the audience are like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I went through the same period, you know, the, experience was a mixed bag are they laughing with you like yeah I'm glad that phase of my life is over and are you kind of writing towards that where everybody can have that shared experience of yeah yeah I do remember going through that period in my life uh yeah I think it's bold I mean when I'm with a, a younger audience they're like oh I'm going through that right now you know <laughs> when I'm with an older audience they're like I remember the days you know or like maybe you get really lucky and you talk about like, you know, dating a chef or something. And then one of the guys in the audience is like, I'm a chef. I'm like, Oh, then you get it. This is about you. <laughs> you get it. Then. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it being relatable, like no person is going to relate to every crowd, but you should be able to like read the room and figure out where your crowd is at. And it's like, you got to meet them where they're at, you know, and yeah. you can still, I think you can still do material that is you and true to you, but making it relatable to an audience just by changing like the wording of the premise, just by changing like the order that you tell the jokes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I wouldn't say like, oh, I would never talk about hookup culture or hooking up with a guy in front of an older audience. I would say that I would change it to like come at it in a different way where they can be like, 
oh, I remember, you know, that, or like, oh, I understand what she's talking about now. Like, I didn't know what OnlyFans was. Thank you for explaining it to me. Now I will subscribe. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it's, you know, it's like an audience. It's just like a sexual partner. Uh, The Ariel Julie meets them where they are, right? Like, you know, if the person's uncomfortable, you kind of make them comfortable, but also uh, the audience. It's like, you just don't go with the the raunchy shit when it comes to a seven-year-old. It's like, who's that? Rachel Feinstein? She did that thing about, uh, she's talking about an older, you know, a couple in the fifties. Like, you know, she was like, I have to set my cans. And so she kind of almost brought, you know, uh, dating into like, you know, putting it in their perspective by, by setting in the 1950s. And so, so that was, that was so funny for me, but you know, I'm so glad you came on. Of course, I retweeted you because you're funny, but everybody can, you know, if they're not going to wait for my retweets, they can follow you on Twitter at the Ariel Julie. And also on Instagram, she is Ariel Julie comedy. I hope I didn't mess up your pronouns. No, no. She okay. Heard all okay. Way. okay. And then you're producing shows for laughter hours comedy. I'll mention that too. You got shows coming up. Yeah, yeah. We're every Friday at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago at 11 p.m. It is comedy and jazz. Comedy, gold, and jazz. R.A.L. Julie, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me.